Welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast. I am so excited that you are here listening in to another episode. I have an incredible author that I cannot wait to share with you today. But firstly, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. And the first is the Six Figure Author Coach. Now, this is a program. If you are a um, a writer and whether you are a self, um, an author, you've got a couple of books under your own belt, self-published, or you're currently a writer, you've got a couple of manuscripts, or you're thinking about getting started on a manuscript and you're like, where do I go next with this? If you have a bit of a business flair or you want to take things into your own hands and self-publish, then this is what I recommend. Rebecca Hamilton is an incredible author she has built the Six Figure Author Coach, which is a so many courses within. So she focuses on marketing, on publishing, on everything that you need to know to take your books to the next level when it comes to sales and treating it as a business, as a self-published author. They run the program 3XP, which is all about prime, profit, and publish and getting the most out of your creativity, essentially, and bringing it to the masses and sharing your stories with the people who are just waiting to read them. They have a full mentorship program, which is the one I recommend. So this is all of Rebecca's incredible courses, all in one, unbelievable support you are put with another successful author who is your coach to coach you through the whole program um, to take your books to the next level and literally it, their their program guarantees you to go from zero to six figures within the tw first 12 months of that program um, so thank you six figure author coach for sponsoring this podcast if you have any questions about the mentorship or about it um then all you can do is contact me ask me a couple of questions and I can put you directly in contact with Rebecca um so she can help find out if it's the right program for you um or if the mentorship's the right program or whether you need just one of the courses within it um yeah so contact me in all the details of the show notes here it is a um Olivia Hillier author on all socials or you can just go to oliviahillier.com and fill out a contact sheet um, and let's get in contact and see if it is the right fit for you. They have literally helped me um, take my first series to the next level, which is the Shadow and Shifter series, the Young Adult Paranormal series, which is about Maya, who can see all the dark lingering shadows that inhabit the earth and its people. She's hid away and numbed herself. She's become the outcast. Humans have made her the outcast and the shifters want her dead. That is until she meets Kay, who is the only other boy who shares the same abilities as she does. Now that she's awakened to her magic, Maya needs to harness the power to overcome the shadows and the other unearthly beings to save humanity from the overtaking evil of the world. It is a six-part series and there is currently four books out in it, Starseed, Quintessence, um, Firelight and Terraform. Soon enough, you will also get access to Awakening and Soul's Fate. And I'm so excited to share the whole series with you. You can now get it on Kindle Unlimited for free. If you want to read it for free on Kindle Unlimited, the paperbacks, the um, hardbacks are out now and they're gorgeous, guys. The covers are gorgeous. Chat to me about it. Um, and yeah, Paranormal is your thing. Head, Yeah, give it a read and, and let me know what you think. 
The other podcast sponsor that I want to give a huge shout out that I cannot recommend enough is Booksprout. Now, Booksprout is incredible once again for any self-published author. If you have, or if you are currently sitting on a manuscript and you're like, what do I do with it next? You have a bit of a business flair once again, and you want to go down the self-publishing route. Booksprout is here for you. So Booksprout is a review service, essentially. So as an author, you upload your pre-released books from Amazon, you upload them onto Booksprout and then Booksprout help spread it to readers who want to read it before it's out so that they can review it and that you have more reviews on Amazon so that people can also get feedback. Like, you know, you know, when you, you know, we all know what it's like when we're searching for a book, we want to have reviews. Every author wants to have reviews. It is what helps sells our books and Booksprout does it all for you and gives it to the readers. If you are a reader, I highly recommend joining Booksprout because there is all these incredible free books to to dive into. Um, they have so many different options, whether you have a couple of pen names, whether you have one, whether you're just try, uh, playing around with one book. And like, honestly, guys, if you want to get a hundred reviews, this is the way to go. Go to Booksprout. It is so easy. They have made my life incredible. Um, I highly recommend them. I actually have my next series up on Booksprout now. So if you love, now this is staying in the YA series, it is a little bit of romance, but it's more dystopian. So this is like Matrix meets the metaverse with an absolute badass feminine, uh, sorry, female heroine, Alexa, who finds herself in a very futuristic world and needs to fight her way out of it as her following determines her future. Um, her likes determine what she is allowed to do in the world and she's here to take the network down. There are three. This is book one. So Block Delete is book one of the, the Social Games trilogy, which if you love a little bit of sci-fi, more dystopian, then all my books are up there on Booksprout for you to read and review now. If you want it before it even comes out, which is in July. So you want to jump on it now as they are ARC reviews. So once they are out in the world, they are no longer on there. So if you want to read it for free, I would highly recommend reading it through there. But also you can check it out um, how Booksprout works. So Booksprout is amazing for managing your review team, finding new reviewers, tracking who has and hasn't reviewed it, where they've reviewed it. If you're on Goodreads, if you're on Amazon, honestly, guys, if you're a self-published author, check out Booksprout now. I absolutely love them. Yeah. Um, and I have put the link in the show notes. If you, if you want to chat to me about Booksprout or the Six Figure Author Coach, please reach out to me on any socials at all. Send me an email, um, contact me through the website, all the details are in the show notes now. But before I get into anything else, you know what? Let's just get into this episode. Let's get into the most incredible author that I have on today. Let's welcome them on. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice podcast, everyone. I am really excited because today we are joined by Karina May, who is hot 
on the debut of her new book, Duck Alarand. I always I always pronounce that wrong. Duck Duck Alarand. I don't speak French, so I also cannot pronounce it. I don't know why I gave myself that hard job. <laughs> no, I absolutely love it. Honestly, I devoured this book. And just for context for listeners, because I, I always go back and forth in tense, but this will come out once the um, book is out. But we're talking like, a, honestly, it's only a couple of days before your full day. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah, are you feeling? It's very soon. Um, I think I'm excited. I'm a little bit um, nervous, which I think is normal. Uh, but mostly it just feels surreal, like it's happening to somebody else. So I don't think I'll believe it. I believed it when I got my own box of books but I think I need to see it on a shelf somewhere and then I'll be like okay all right it is coming out so yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely the debut way um, when you've had a dream for so long and then for it to become a reality it's surreal yeah and then you're whisked around in debut week and it's gonna be wild I'm I'm so excited for you and I'm so excited yeah yeah I'm so excited I've just gotten all the that. tips about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah gonna- I think Sitting on the I edge, think, ready um, for yeah, it. having um, outfit changes. Totally, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, I want to go back all the way to the start of where this all kind of started for you. Like, when were you the? Uh, when was the first time you realized that you were a writer? Um, I think I always liked English. Um, it was always my favorite subject at school. So going way, way back. And then uh, for university, I studied communications and I went into magazines. So I was more of a nonfiction writer. Yeah. Uh, I never actually considered writing creatively until I had a bit of a career change about 10 years ago and moved into digital marketing. And then I wasn't writing so much in my day job, like, or it was shorter writing. So like headlines and ad copy, but not like full feature length. Um, articles and so then I just found that I had this creative itch to scratch um, and that's when I started I guess to pen funny stories of things that had kind of gone on during the day Uh, and then I had the idea oh I wonder if I could string these together and make a book Um, then I quickly realized that's not how you write a book so I signed up to the Australian Writer Centre their six-month write your novel course Um, Yeah, my instructor was Pamela Freeman, who was great. So there I learned like how to structure a book. And then I just kind of became addicted to it. You keep moving the goalposts. Like first, it's like, I just want to finish a book. And then, oh, it's the next thing. So now I want to get it published. So it was kind of like a gradual thing. Having said that, I was a huge reader as a child. So I think if I wasn't a big reader, I think the best writers, um, yeah, are big readers. So that definitely was always part of my life reading growing up. Yeah, yeah, I find that really interesting how you say it It came out when you moved careers as well because a lot of that creativity would have been used in the longer copy form that you would have been doing and then it's like, oh, how do I actually utilise this more now and and go from there, yeah. Totally. I found like I had the capacity, like lots of people, when I wasn't doing it as a day job, I had something left in the tank for me. So, yeah, it was great to, I guess, explore that. Yeah. And is this the first book that you wrote? Is this the first one you went with and got signed? No. So um, I actually had a digital book out last year, at the end of last year with Escape um, Harlequin. They're owned by HarperCollins. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great just to dip my toe in, I think. Um, I do think the print publication game is a whole different ballpark (laughs) in terms of the process and everything that goes into it. Um, So that was my first manuscript. uh, And then 
I've actually signed a two book deal with Pam Macmillan, which is exciting. So my next one is coming out December, which feels very fast. It's already written, but I'm in structural edits right now. So that's my advice to any aspiring writers. It's like, just keep going because when it's go time, it's often go time. <laughs> it's like, okay, right. So now I've got nothing left in my drawer. So I just will have to write something new, I guess, um, which, you know, it's not a bad problem to have. I love that. I think I also in the publishing industry, it, 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 it feel like it's going like that now where there's a lot more being produced a lot quicker. Like that's two in a year where pre- like previously it wasn't really heard of where now it's like, nah, let's, yeah. let's go for it. But I guess that's how we're also consuming content. So, um, yeah, I think book talk has a lot to do with that. Um, yeah, which is great because the appetite for readers, especially in the romance genre has increased tenfold. Um, and I think publishers are just trying to keep up with that, which is great for new voices because they're acquiring right now. I've had a lot of like aspiring author friends sign contracts recently. So yeah, I definitely got told um, pre-pandemic that no one was really buying rom-com and now suddenly they can't get enough. So that's another little word to the wise that just because you're told that your genre isn't selling right now um, doesn't mean it won't just do a complete 180 like in 12 months time really yeah yeah that's actually really good advice and did you always know that you were going to be a rom-com writer like did you always want to was that always natural to you? yeah I've actually never tried anything else I don't yeah. understand yeah I, I love reading crime but um yeah I don't think I could inhabit what that takes day to day I think I'd carry it with me and historical I also enjoy reading but there's so much research involved in that so I think uh, it made sense to me just to lean into my natural voice, which is contemporary. Um, never say never, but it definitely, I think, just what came like easiest to me and yeah. where I had, you know, fun ideas because a lot of the subject matter is like what my day-to-day life is anyway. So, um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And it can't like, honestly, this book is like fun and warm and just so beautiful. The, the thing I love the most about it too is it felt very realistic like like a lot of romance can go very off into that mystical oh you know a little bit too far where this I just people are going to devour and it has that really warm feeling (laughs) I don't don't want to say too much so I don't want to give it away but that's that's yeah I know it's funny because I'm learning like I don't know what spoilers are because (laughs) I know what happens so I'm I'm actually unsure what a spoiler is um but yeah I definitely uh I guess drew a lot of autobiographical inspiration as well which a lot of writers do um but I think when there's a female protagonist and me being female and living a certain life it was really easy to look observationally at my life um and that's kind of how I got started anyway with writing you know little stories based off things that were happening to me not to say this is not fiction it definitely is but um I think it helps to draw on like real life experience um to yeah color your writing yeah. And can I ask that? Do you, how much of this is, has been real life life to you? Or even if you want to get yeah, a synopsis so, first. Uh, so, the, yeah. All the brains. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the so. book uh, is about Max, <laughs> Maxine Mayberry. So uh, she's, we meet her at the hardest time in her life. She's just found her long-term boyfriend in bed with another woman. Um, and she's just gotten some pretty, bad medical news and that she has been diagnosed with a benign brain tumor 
Um, and so she moves in with her bestie, Alice, um, and Alice suggests that she sign up to Tinder to kind of distract her from her heartbreak and also to while away the weeks in the lead up to her surgery. And while on Tinder, she meets Johnny, who is a charismatic, witty um, guy, um, but they both make a pact that they don't want to meet in person just for different reasons. They become Tinder pen pals um, and they start cooking through the recipe book of Max's ex got family so the Laurent family who are a pretentious French family um so it's kind of like a deranged Julia and Julia exercise so they yeah cook the recipes without ever meeting in person and the cookbook drop is done at an Ikea which is one of my favorite parts to write um because of the quirkiness of it and then the book travels Paris as it should do because we're talking about French recipes so I think that would have been sacrilege not to go to Paris yeah um yeah in terms of the autobiographical elements, the brain surgery stuff is something that I went through in 2019 and 2020. So um, I had the idea for the book post the first surgery um, and I didn't know at that time I had to have a second surgery. So I always joke now that everything's fine, um, that the second surgery was more like field research that I could go and go back into ICU and like listen for the sounds and everything that happened to draw on inspiration so it's been really special for me I guess to take something that was like not a great time in my life and turn it into something heartwarming um and fun to read so um yeah that's definitely I guess where the autobiographical stuff comes in a little bit yeah absolutely and you have done such a good job of balancing you know that part of Max but then also making it light like it's not it's it's realistic and it's and it's like heart churning to see her go through that, but at the same time you've made it really light and and beautiful. So I think that's um yeah something amazing. Oh thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I think um Max she's quite pragmatic about the whole thing. Mm. So obviously she's very affected, but she is also like I guess this is life and this is what I've been dealt. Um and finds the humor in things um, because you know for me personally that's always the best way to get through hard times um, is to look for the humor. So. Um, yes, I've put a little piece of that in Max. I love that. I love that so much. And yeah, I have, you have to tell me, have you been to Paris as well? Like, was that hard research for you? Or <laughs> Well, yes. Yeah, so Paris actually, so I wrote a lot of this during like the pandemic lockdown period. Like I'm yeah. in Sydney, so it wasn't as bad as other places. But, um, you know, armchair travel was basically all we could do. And Paris, was one of the last places I visited. It was the end of 2019. So basically before the world shut down, I met one of my besties there and um, yeah, we just kind of traveled around and ate great food. And so it was just, I guess, the natural place for me to want to revisit in my writing when I was craving anything outside, you know, the four walls <laughs> of my apartment. So um, but yeah, I haven't spent a considerable amount of time there and obviously I couldn't revisit while I was writing the book. So Google's amazing and Google Maps and, um, yeah, so a lot of it I based around the hotel I did stay in and things like that. Um, it's always great to have a point, you know, that's factual to start and then, you know, fictionalize things around that. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it, it's, I feel like I'm there when you talk about it. It's so beautiful. But when it comes to like research and planning and that kind of stuff, are you much of a planned person or do you kind of just start with an idea and let it flow? What's kind of your particular writing process, I guess? I think I fall in between a plotter and a pants 
that saw a panther that does nothing and just flies by the seat of their pants. I think that's where that comes from. (laughs) (laughs) So I always need to have my title. So my title I had straight up. Um, So I, I always was kind of like, I guess that's the structural part of me. Once I have the title, I feel like I can play underneath it. So I definitely have milestones that I, I want to reach in the book and I have a vague idea of the ending, but no, I just normally go and see and continue just to like, I guess, cross check where I'm at, make sure it hasn't gone too far left field, but it keeps it exciting for me because I think, um, yeah, there's a point in the book that that I won't spoil um, around the cookbook and that the twist wouldn't have happened if I had planned it out. It was just something that had happened by a conversation. And then I was like, aha. So it keeps it interesting for me not to have it completely plotted, in my opinion. Yeah, I love that. It's like get lost in it, like see where the characters take you almost and get lost in the story of where you feel like it should happen next. Yeah. Totally. And I, I write in Scrivener. I don't know if you yeah, know yeah, that program. That. But um, yeah. yeah, it's so good. So then that way because I have it all visual in front of me, I feel like I'm never quite lost. And once I finish a writing session for the day, I will always like, you know, at least start like the new section in Scrivener with just a sentence so that I know exactly where I'm going next. Um, So just little markers like that give it some structure, but um, yeah, ultimately not really. (laughs) I love that though. That's actually a really good hint. I do that sometimes, but not all the time. And when I haven't, I've regretted it because if you you're like oh you lose that part of the story if you have that one little bit that's there of where you can yeah. let it like flow on that's really good advice yeah yeah absolutely. yeah otherwise I get in the bad habit of every new writing session going back and reading what I'd written before which is sometimes nice to get into the mind of it but you can't be doing that every time particularly once you start to get in the thousands you can't go back and read everything before you start each time so it just helps me jog my memory and place me like back in the story yeah absolutely and what does that look like you like for you what is your um like is there a certain way that you get into your creativity or that you come up with your ideas how does your day of writing kind of look for you how do you you structure it out when we're trying to like balance everything essentially yeah well yeah I'm still employed so I'm a digital marketer but I work for myself which means um, I can be flexible to a point which is great um you know, it's not quite like if I'm in flow, I can cancel a meeting or anything like that. But um, I do try and get like week to week um, quite a lot done on a Monday because then I feel really fulfilled um, and set up the week right. And then I feel more motivated then to write, I guess, in evenings or on the weekend if I have already had a good start to the week. Um, and in terms of writing like books and starting, like I do find that beginning period where you're doing so much generation it's very immersive so it's different when you're in the book in the middle of the story you can kind of well I personally can write within a 20 minute window and feel productive but not when I'm starting out I need to have some solid time so um, I kind of start in January and I have been for the last couple of years been going away for a few days um, just to get like maybe 10,000 foundational words down and just so I have an idea where the story is going so that seems to be working for me so far um but yeah I mean there's not really a process <laughs> that's really good though I love that it's like take yourself away and get immersed in it at the start and then you know it's gonna flow from there that's that's really good I like lo- I love that yeah yeah and I just always feel you know I can then branch out and kind of have more 
ideas if I already have something kind of in the bank. Um, so yeah, in January this year, I was in New Zealand for a friend's wedding. And so I just tacked on a couple of days at the end of the wedding and went to a little cabin on Waiheke Island, which is oh. only 45 minutes from Auckland, but you feel like you're a world away. Uh, and yeah, I was able to put in some good thinking. And even though I've had to put that manuscript side right now just because I've got a lot of promo for this book and structural edits for the next book I know that I've put a lot of thinking in there and I'll be able to pull it up and like remember my thoughts hopefully I've you know made some notes so yeah that's that's what works for me right now but I think finding your own process is really important um because I know that you know that wouldn't work for lots of my friends yeah yeah it's whatever works best for you absolutely so can you yeah. you've got this coming out in April then you've got the next book in December you've got a huge year <laughs> you've got a huge year yeah ahead. like um are you able to give us a little bit of a hint of what's for December because that should be like you should have arcs coming out for that soon pretty much straight after your debut is that, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I'm in, I'm in structural edits for that right now yeah um the title of that currently is never ever forever um I don't think it will change but it might um, but that's a similar, um, the protagonist, so Max is 30. Um, the protagonist is Rosie in Never Ever Forever. And she's more like late 20s. And she's kind of just done with dating um, over, you know, all the city F boys. Um, so moves to the country in search for like a kind hearted farmer. And of course, like she doesn't find a farmer. And that book actually travels to India randomly. Oh, wow. But um, I think that's what's important in my stories. Uh, um, I just love to go on an adventure. Um, mm. It's what inspires me. So it's natural for me to write that. So yeah, I say that I write like um, lively love stories for wanderlusters. So there's always going to be like an element of travel, I think, in what I do. But for now, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good tagline of like, you and knowing yeah. your voice and your stories and like what lights you up and comes most natural to you as well. Was that, was the India yeah. one written in COVID? Uh, that one? Yeah, that one was more uh, written in chunks, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that one was, I started that one before COVID, but that one, you know, I'm kind of doing a lot of structural edits because I've learned a lot since I first, it's actually amazing to go back to it and see kind of, I've learned a lot about story structure. Um, but I was also kind of thinking the other day, I don't know how to write without travel because I know a lot of writers reach that kind of saggy middle. And I think that's how I started it because I was like, let's go on a trip. <laughs> like. So I don't know if I would know how to structure a book without there being a travel element because they kind of go at that, yeah, 40,000 word mark where most people are experiencing like that dip in their story and not sure where to go next. Um, I just put the characters on a plane and solve it. So, <laughs> yeah. Not only that, you're like, it's like, I, I find it, like and you've said this too it's like an immersive experience right so you almost feel like you're there like it's it's like you get to go on yeah. the adventure with them as well yeah so, that's yeah. actually how I feel yeah I'm quite a visual person so yeah I am visualizing and yeah it's that's why I said that you know I don't know how I'd go with crime because yeah I'm so visual when I'm writing that I just don't know I prefer the setting that I put my characters in <laughs> you know a holiday versus you know not to say that they don't come across um, trials and tribulations but ultimately like they're not running around stabbing people or anything so. I I know what you mean because I I'm with you I, I read a thriller not that long ago and I was like I love this book but I, I don't know how 
you can't like if you were to like write something like that how do you put yourself it would I would be spooked out all all the time so I'm glad that other people did that for you. yeah especially if I'm writing in the evening like I already you know sometimes if I write just before bed the adrenaline is already up just because you're in the story and wow I had such a great idea um I don't know how I would go if I was you know writing in the evening and writing crime and then yeah a thrill hour and going to bed like no that wouldn't work for me yeah <laughs> but I'm glad it works for other people really well <laughs> I, I love reading them <laughs> I think it's is I'm I'm probably gonna get this wrong so is it theta brain state that your brain goes into when you're in that deep creativity because it was I think it was Fiona Lowe I was speaking to and in, in one of her books um there's a family house fire and she's like I was writing that particular thing for so many weeks she's like I had um like heartburn for so long after that because you're in that space so much it feels it feels real and I was like yeah 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 it's crazy what it can do when you're in that totally I I can imagine that yeah because even you know if with contemporary you know a lot of heartbreak in contemporary so you're calling on like memories you know to really feel the feelings and so suddenly you're dreaming about an ex you know that might have been from a decade ago <laughs> I'm like, sure I'm not hung up on this person but you've somehow accessed that feeling from whenever however long ago it was yeah, yeah. so I could definitely relate to that yeah you have to have to relive through all the stuff again yeah <laughs> but it creates oh great work <laughs> Great material, yeah. Everything's yeah. content. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you have an incre- like you have an incredible year coming up, and you have another manuscript in the works. What's what's kind of the ideal for you? Are you your goal to keep producing like a book or two a year? What's what's next for you, career wise? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to be a career author, which I think you know in Australia to be sustainable is to firstly build um, your platform a little bit and then yeah be producing consistently um, quality so I think one book a year I don't know that I could do more than that it just so happens you know it will be two this year just because I already had a manuscript ready Um, but yeah I don't know like I think with the revision process and writing book um, I think that anyone who can write two books a year just take my hat off to them Mm. Um, but yeah I would love to be I guess doing this for as long as I can Um, yeah I've got a lot of ideas so that's um, yeah that's not my issue it's just I guess time um, and being able to invest in that so yeah hopefully this is I guess the beginning of um, a long career but we shall see we'll we'll see how this book goes absolutely I know that everyone is gonna love I'm gonna say it again duck a l'orange for breakfast I hope I I got that right one thing that this book is actually also gonna do is really want dessert like there is so much good food in here that you're just like yeah (laughs) it's really really great I know it's funny because I I don't really cook either so I don't know how that happened either yeah, a book about cooking and French, and they're two things that I you don't, don't really know much about. Oh, I'm surprised <laughs> you must have done some research. No, I that. don't cook. That that must have been a lot of yeah. Research. So um, I had a really great <laughs> yeah. So the recipes at the end um is they're done by a friend of mine who lives in Geneva. So he's got access to this great French produce, and wow. he came on board to do this project project with me even before you know I had a publishing deal because I just kind of thought I don't want to read a book like this and then not get the recipes as a reader I would have felt ripped off but I thought I don't know how I'm going to skill up to be able to do this 
So it all really worked out, which was lovely. Um, but I think I was getting inspired by him because he would be at the markets and tell me like what the produce was like. Um, and the way that he described things was just not the way that I personally looked at food. Again, I love eating food and appreciate fine dining, but I wouldn't know how to attack it. Um, so yeah, it was really helpful to have the recipes because then I was able to go back and color the book with some of, I guess, the methods and steps that were all technical. And there was a food editor that um, yeah edited the recipes because that's a whole different four part oh, to copy awesome. editing. So yeah, yeah, so I learned a lot in that whole process. Um, and I'm glad it came together because yeah, I'm I'm definitely like a Carrie Bradshaw kind of sweaters in the oven person, Uber Eats. So um, yeah, it's, it's amusing to me that it, it, it developed in the way that it did. I love that though. That's kind of like a, it's a fun way to like, I don't know, explore yourself in, in different areas too and like bring that out on the page. That is like, um, once again, it's like an, an adventure you get to go on. Yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> totally. So that's really great. Um, now I have a couple of last questions. You've given so much advice in this episode, but uh, for anyone working on a manuscript now, uh, any writers listening, what would be a couple of points or even just one uh, word of advice that you would give to any up-and-coming authors? I mean, I think everyone says um, to read widely, but I do think that that has really helped my writing. Um, but I think keep going. And I know it's so hard when you feel like you're maybe just writing into the ether um, and you kind of can be like, what is this for? So to keep writing, I think it's about finding what your motivation is and understanding that, um, like, does it excite you? What's the thing or what's the way to excite you? Is that sitting down first thing in the morning or, um, and then to keep writing, it's about finding your people. So I keep saying that there's no way I would have been able to finish anything if I didn't have people that just not even holding me accountable, that just got the kind of crazy, I think that it takes um, to spend so much time in an imaginary world. So um, yeah, that, they're my tips. And to find your people, I guess, if you're just starting out, uh, attending yeah a course even online now that's one great thing about COVID you know you don't have to be in a metropolitan area um, to sign up to a course um, and I made some of my best friends um, yeah, and we still you know swap work and critique and there's nothing better than somebody else that's invested in your story as much as you are um, and it's often not yeah partners family you know they don't really get it so um, yeah finding finding your weird people to do it with I think is crucial yeah absolutely I think that is such great advice I and I'm going to make sure that there is a link in the show notes so everyone needs to grab a copy of a duckle orange for breakfast it's honestly just like I'm, I feel like it's gonna be like the warmest read of the year well I haven't I don't know what's coming out in December yet but it's <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really really beautiful book so thank you so much for joining us Karina and good luck with um debut week and, and everything after that as well it's gonna be great Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Olivia. Thank you.